What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Blue Breakaway is brought to you by you. That's right, you. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast, sending in five-star questions, and being just generally nice people to us. That is so nice of you. Anyway, big show today. I have Katie Baker of The Ringer.com. She comes on to talk about Hedrick Lundquist and Larry David. And also... Uh, Greg and I, as always, thanks for the support again. Let's get to Mark Messier. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to another week of the Blue Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, also also of The Athletic. I'm also, I'm of The Athletic? Question mark? Greg, say hello. Do you not know? I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's we could be fired at any time. You know, all, uh, all it takes is our boss getting another note on his desk. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, yes. I haven't said anything regarding <laughs> no, we've Bruce been good. in a while. We've been good. We'll I've get been... some tweets about this. Um, I'll be, I'll be there. Tweets, we might get an email about it too, being like, you guys need to stop being so self-aware. Yeah. Sorry. Please, stop. Uh, big show this week. Kate Baker on the podcast. One of our favorites. She comes on to talk about James Dolan, talks about Henrik Lundqvist and Michael Princess and some other things. And then, uh, I don't know if you saw this last week, but uh, we had uh, someone score five goals. Pretty cool. Who? Uh, I think it was Mika Zimbijinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjinjin
for coronavirus, okay? Don't put oh, your head hashtag in your face. Coronavirus. Hashtag coronavirus. Hashtag COVID-19. Hashtag po- uh, podiums only. We're going to be talking about podiums in our BSBOT this week. So. God, I, I hope. I have to get on an airplane tomorrow. I am praying that it's just empty. That it's like me and a stewardess. Um, uh, I sit here with my hand on my face and I go, I think Greg's wrong. But he said it so strongly, I'm not going to question him. <laughs> uh, I wonder – I'm sure there is a clear-cut example that some lunatic will find for us. But I wonder what's like the the most matter-of-factly I've ever sound about something that from the second it came out of my mouth, we all knew it was wrong. I think the 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 one I recently remember is we were doing an OT and we were talking about the expansion draft. I was like, I think Greg's wrong here. And I didn't – I didn't call you, didn't, you on you didn't, you didn't check? Oh, well. Yeah. Because, you know, if you check me, I'm just going to be like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I don't know how about this, you. Ryan? <laughs> You're probably wrong, too. Okay, who cares? Let's keep moving. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, yeah, me, anyway. So, yeah, Mika, Mika Mika scored five goals. That was pretty So, fun. I've watched, and I, I don't want to brag or anything, not to brag. I've watched almost every single Ranger game in full this year. That sounds crazy, huh? but I have. Do you know what yeah. I was doing during, I, during that game? I mean, I know what you were doing. Yes, you do. I had a tax appointment because – Someone messed up our taxes from two years ago, and I had to go back to him. Came up from Philadelphia. Shout out Frank. Yeah, shout out to Frank. Had to come back up to New York. Uh, was with my lovely uh, wife at the time. We went to go see Frank, who only takes appointment at night. So we had to see him at 9 p.m. So I, wait, I watched. I've seen the CPA that his appointments at night, but that's neither here nor there. Crazy. So I watched. I watched the first period. I was like, okay, Mika got a goal. He's been really he's been on fire. He's like second star of the month. He's been crazy. I was like, you know what? This game's probably gonna end three two. You know, I, I it's sad that I won't be able to watch it, but I'll stay I'll stay up to up to date on Twitter. No big deal. I've watched every game this year. How bad could it be? I'm in the tax office. I'm suffering, and all I see is my phone exploding. Like Mika scored four. He scored three. He scored five in OT. I was like, this is unbearable. I can't believe the. I like I like how he scored the fourth before yeah, the third. I don't you, know that, how he that's how that. impressive Mika is. I know. And, I and know. To, to do that. Just the like the one time I know they're making this about me and not about Mika, but so frustrating to not be a pro- was it was probably the game of the year for the Rangers. It probably was. I think that's fair. <laughs> and and to I, to I have to watch it like afterwards, you know when you watch sports afterwards on tape delay, it's so much more not as exciting. It just it loses all magic with it. But Mika, an absolute otherworldly performance, uh, just. A number one center, something that some people have said he couldn't be. I don't know who those people are. It's probably three of them. I don't know who those people are, but I'm sure they're sad people. And a bona fide star now. I mean, he's coming to his own that the Broussard trade looks more and more ridiculous every single day. And to have Zabitajad on this team with Artemi Panarin for the next X amount of years, it just makes you wonder, like, what what, what would we have done if we had these players when – during 2014, because I can't imagine us losing. I really just cannot. And sure, but of course, it, that's a fool's errand. Like, we didn't have them, so I, I don't even think of it that way. We just needed that like sort saying, of player, and we have them now, is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, what if the 2006 Mets had a healthy Jacob deGrom? They probably win the World Series. 2006 Mets? Really? Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, good point. You're right. You made your point. That, that, that was a fair point. You were no, like, it was. what? Just because I brought up the Mets, you yeah. all of a sudden not <laughs> no, anymore? No, I, I immediately was like, ah, oh, shit, it is a good point, so I take it back. That's a great point. Thank you. <laughs> I, take I, like, I don't know what to tell you. I take it great back. Great point to Greg. That's 10 points for Greg or Greffendor. Greg and great. Yes. Greg and uh, uh, Huffle Ryan? Yeah, it's, I don't Ryan know. Puff? No, you're definitely a Ryan Claw. I don't know what to tell you there. Okay, that's true. Fine. Uh, I, how did I not think of that? <laughs> Yeah, because you're an idiot. We've been over this. This is what happens when I start saying something. That's great. Anyway. How long ago do you think that Mika game feels? 
Honestly, Gregory. Let, let me, well, hold on. Not even, not even that. Not yeah. even that. How many games do you feel happened between Mika and the Devils game? Like in hindsight. It's, it's zero, right? But it does feel like five. It feels like that game happened like a different season. Like it's, I, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know. I mean, part of it is just the, the highs and the lows of being in a playoff chase all of a sudden and everything that could go wrong on Saturday went wrong on oh, Saturday. On the highest and, level. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's, it's the Rangers played so poorly on Saturday that it wiped away every and all good feelings that you had about a game that happened literally 48 hours earlier. But sitting here tonight, understanding that the last time you and I talked on a podcast was the night before Mika's game. If you had told me that we are only talking about two games that have happened since that podcast, and it's the Mika five goal game and whatever the fuck we want to call what happened against the devils, I'd find it hard to believe it's because if those games feel like seasons in themselves, because one game is the highest of highs, the, the highest top, the top of elation, the pinnacle of sports. And the other one is a pile of poo. No pee, right, no because, poop, just poo. Yeah. Cause it's not even, it's not even that they lost to the devils. Like there are, I think there are scenarios where if the Rangers lost to the devils, it doesn't feel as crushing because Mackenzie Blackwood has been one of the better goalies in the NHL for the better part of the last six weeks. So if it was a game where Igor gives up two goals and the Rangers are just getting stonewalled by Mackenzie Blackwood, I think all of us would be like, man, it sucks that Chris Kreider isn't in the lineup, but when you run into a hot goalie, you run into a hot goalie, and there's nothing you can do. Like basically the Blues game, right? The Blues game wasn't the world's biggest kick in the stomach, even though the Rangers – Lost. No, honestly, I felt good after that game. I was like, right. wow, the we can compete. Played well, and they, it just, it's the Blues, and sometimes you're just not going to beat the Blues. So, like, if Mackenzie Blackwood stood on his head and beat the New York Rangers, we'd be like, man, we're right there. We just need to get over the hump. It's the fact that, as a collective, the team put up a fucking stinker. And, like, there's no other way to describe it. Nobody had a good game. Nobody. And, and they, they still fought back into it as they're keen to do. Like, they always try and get themselves back in the games. Just too late. It was just too late in that game. Well, I, I think part of the part of the stink from that game has some to do with just the, the devil's just so very clearly turtled in the third. But it wasn't like an Elaine Vigneault era turtling where you knew this was going to eventually come back to bite the Rangers in the butt. It was like the devils were going out of their way to be like, no, we're just going to keep four guys back at all times. So there's absolutely zero way you're going to create any space in the neutral zone or in our defensive zone. It is just not going to happen. So it was like it was like a fool's errand watching that third period because it didn't matter. The Rangers simply weren't playing well enough to score. They weren't playing well enough to score three goals in that period. They weren't playing well enough to overcome like a four-man defense. And it's and not it, like Igor was otherworldly. It's first game back from, from the injury, you know. I uh, I messaged, or I rather replied to Steve Valiquette and asked if he saw anything strange. And he was he pretty much said in, in summary, and I'm not quoting him here, but Igor got left hang out to dry. He looked pretty good otherwise, but he made very simple mistakes. But other other than that, it was good all night. And I, I think the, was, de- the defense just really was, let him out there. Well, I, I, I the defense definitely played a role with it, but I think – Saves we'd seen Igor make pre-car crash, he wasn't making against the Devils. Now, I'm sure some of it is straight-up rust. He 
basically had one full practice before this game and was put into the lineup, which you can question. I'll I'll understand that. I'll, I'll accept people questioning whether Igor should have gotten more practices under his belt. I don't. I I, I draw a very a very thick line when it comes to um, people questioning whether the Rangers had the best health interests in of Igor Shosturkin in mind. They're they're not playing Igor Shosturkin unless he's 100% healthy. I think that's abundantly clear. Now, if you again, if you want to pick nits about whether Igor should have gotten a full week of practice, multiple practices, at least a weekend's worth of practices under his belt before getting into a game, fine. I'll hear that. I get it. I I, I think a little bit, some of it's unfair because uh, Georgiev was coming off letting up 10 goals in his last two starts. And not for nothing, Henrik Lundqvist also looked like a shell of himself against the Flyers as well. So it's not like the New York Rangers were sitting a hot goalie to play Igor Shosturkin on Saturday. Because as great as the Mika Zibanejad five-goal game was, I feel like a lot of Ranger fans forgot that the Rangers gave up five goals they, uh, to the They did. Capitals. And by the way, Alex Ovechkin almost stole that game. And by stole that game, I mean took it from the Rangers. Like, Yeah, uh, just just to bring back uh, the good tweet segment that we that we so good But a hashtag good tweet from yours truly was when the game was uh, tied at one, I tweeted out Rangers technically losing two to one because Alex Ovechkin hasn't had a goal from the left point completely wide open yet. And needless to say, Alex Ovechkin money, eventually got the money in the bank, up. buddy. Money in it's the like, bank. Like, huh? Maybe we should do something when that guy is just set up and cooking. I in feel that like circle. everyone has said that for the last ten yeah. years. Yeah, because go figure. One of the greatest goal scorers of all time, if not the greatest goal scorer of all time, has a spot. And if you leave him open from that spot, he's going to score. Huh? Maybe don't let him get that spot. I don't know. Like make TJ Oshie beat you. I th- I feel like you can be more. More successful than not if you're trying to make TJ Oshie beat you. But, yeah, it's it, – it, I do feel like a part of the fan base just conveniently forget – not just not just that they gave up five goals to the Capitals, right? Yep. And the ending to the game and the call from Sam, uh, from Sam Rosen, all of it is so fucking good. The best when you put it all together. But it's important to remember that this team blew a 4-3 lead with under three minutes to go, and then they blew a 5-4 lead. With under a minute to go. Yep. So it's seconds. like, it's the same team. It's it's a team that basically hasn't been playing well since the Flyers drubbing. And despite the high that that Mika Zibinja game was, when it's not going well, you're going to see what happens on Saturday. And just, just to bring it back to the point I was making, again, if you want to say Igor needed more practice, that's fine. But let's not pretend that Georgiev and Hank were playing well before that either. They both stunk well, let's in the talk, previous game. Let's talk about the real issue that happened during the Devils game. Oh, boy. We're 1-1, right? Things were good. All of a sudden, they announced the new Pepsi Sugar Zero CFO. Oh, no, it was, Ryan, it was worse than that. We were up 2-1. Oh, shit. We had a lead. <laughs> then, as soon as they show, uh, I believe his name is D- Differdale? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Differdale. Uh, R- Ricky Differdale. Rick, Ricky Differdale. Follows us on Twitter now, by the way. Oh, very nice. Yes, I, uh, I, I let him know. Uh, they showed him. He's the new face of the fans. Congrats, Ricky. I appreciate it. Happy to have you, Yvonne. The Devils immediately scored four goals. I mean, Unanswered. Listen, All the second period. I'm not, I'm not a scientist, but there is some correlation there, and I feel like there's a direct correlation. Nah, just, just uh, I'm saying. Might, you know, Ricky, 
you, you got some work to do. Is all that's all I want to say to Ricky. He's got some no, stuff I, to get I am I am all for blaming Ricky and solely Ricky. I'm here for it, <laughs> and I should stop right there. But I will say yes that I Greg Kaplan also had the Rangers minus one and a half mm-hmm. in that game. Yes, and I probably put the stink on them a little bit as well. Okay. So and Ricky the thing that makes it so frustrating, the thing that makes it so frustrating is when I was at the casino placing my bet. The two parts of the bet that I was just dead confident about were the Rangers and the team who shall not be named that rhymes with Schmeyers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was dead set that those two teams, not just winning, Ryan, but they're both going to win by two. And then I'm standing at the kiosk, and I was like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's put the Hurricanes in here, too. Why not? Let's root against the Islanders. They've been playing like shit. It'll be fun. It's an afternoon game. Yep. Let's get some skin on that one. Yep. So it was a $15 bet to win $150, Ryan. Not bad. The Hurricanes win, the Flyers cover, and the Rangers put up a stinker. Absolute stinker. Thank you. There I also is. had under I also had under six goals in the Ranger game, so Very nice. two for two. Really, Killing really it. great. So really great. Uh, uh, I think a couple weeks ago I made a schedule up where I just uh, I someone asked me to count the miles the Rangers were traveling. I don't know why I did it, but it ha- it gave me the uh, the ability to go through the schedule. They played what I considered at the time. I think it was 16 of 18 upcoming games were against what I would consider contenders. One of the only two games that weren't against contenders was the Devils game, and that's a game they lost. And yeah, that's it's really it's an inexcusable loss. Like, really it's is. not it's not just it's not just that they lost. And to be fair, the New Jersey Devils have been playing really well. Yeah, they have since, been. Yeah, since about mid February. So it's it's not like the New York Rangers were going up against and lost to the Detroit Red Wings or even the now deceased Buffalo Sabres. Like they're, they're playing, they're playing a team that's bad, but even bad teams go on hot stretches. And I, I'm not one to actually follow a lot of devil's fans, but I know enough devil's fans to know that this string of good play actually has all of them frustrated because they're playing themselves out of a draft pick and no one's overly happy about that anymore. Sorry. Jeff. Um, so it's not, it's not like the New York Rangers lost to an AHL level squad. But even without Chris Kreider, if you're a playoff team, you should be getting points against the New Jersey Devils. You should be getting points against the New Jersey Devils, especially when it's the Devils on the back end of a back to back. Right? That's and what you should kills be getting me. Yeah. And it's it's not like the Devils had a layup game the night before either. They surprisingly beat the St. Louis Blues, a team the New York Rangers struggled against earlier last week. So it's you got the Devils on the second leg of a back to back coming off a game where maybe their their emotional high was higher than it should have been because they beat the Stanley Cup champions but if anything that should have been a letdown game against the Rangers and the Rangers were the it's like the Rangers wanted the Saturday off and so you're at home off. too like yeah i just I, I it's a really disappointing loss i i felt hungover all day sunday even though i, I had no drinks whatsoever i just felt Sad. Like I was like, I can't believe I'm letting this team emotionally manipulate me on a Sunday, and they did. This is what it was. Congratulations, I christen you a Med fan. Thank you. Uh, this week's schedule not 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 the best. Uh, t- today we play the Stars. Then uh, on the back to back on Wednesday we play the Avalanche at a nice 10 p.m. game that I will not be catching. And oh, then I'll be I'll be there in person. What? <laughs> we've, we've talked about this. You want to know why we're recording two episodes tonight? Because I'm getting on a plane to go to Denver. Oh, I knew that you were getting on a plane. I didn't know it was to Denver. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I, uh, I will be Wednesday. Okay, cool. And then we have a, a game against the Coyotes on Saturday. So, uh, interesting schedule this week for the Rangers. No easy games. 
all games that we need points in, and we'll see. Uh, Want to head over to Katie? Sure. You don't think we got anything else Rangers to talk about here? Uh, did I miss Keandre Miller? No, because he hasn't signed yet, so nothing to miss there. Uh, the, the, new, the new prospect whose name you can't pronounce. Yeah, we're coming back to do five-star questions, so there might be some uh, things to handle in there. Okay, let's do it there. All right, uh, transition to Katie. A little bit of ads from our friends at Roman and some other things now. Here we go, transition. If you were to guess on average how many days people have to wait in the United States to see a doctor, what would you say? A week maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major United States cities. Basically, a whole month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want that treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all for the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from the United States licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman Pharmacy can ship you your medication free, two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor. At any time you have questions you have questions, or want to adjust your treatment plan, you can do that. With Roman, there's no commitments. You can cancel at any time. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash BSB for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BSB for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So my friends and I went out to a Mexican restaurant yesterday, and you know what? I got to be honest with you. It wasn't that good. And I was thinking to myself as we were at the restaurant – we could have just used DoorDash. We could have stayed back at our, our apartment where we're hanging out with the bros and just used DoorDash to bring literally whatever we wanted to our to our chill session where we were just playing games, talking about the Rangers and maxing and relaxing. And we did it. DoorDash brings all America's flavors to your door. Order is easy. You just open the DoorDash app. It's as simple as that. And choose whatever you want to eat and your food. It's going to be delivered to you wherever you are. Like, like me and my friends could have just saved, I don't know, a bunch of money by – we went out to a fancy Mexican restaurant. It wasn't really even that good. It really wasn't. Could have got Wendy's. Could have got Chick-fil-A. Could have got even Cheesecake Factory to the door. And we didn't do that. Foolish on us. We could have used DoorDash. Right now, you can. our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app today and enter code BSB. That's right. It's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BSB. So just do that for us. Just get DoorDash. It's so much easier. Code BSB. All week we're going to be hearing and win and you're in, which means it's conference tournament time. Who's going to be representing the Big East in March Mania? We'll know by Sunday. But what I know right now is DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, can get you into all the college hoops action. As the madness begins, DraftKings Sportsbook has great promos and odds boosts happening all week. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe and secure betting app, and I totally didn't just spit on my laptop. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is your top-rated American sportsbook app. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code QUICK for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000 on DraftKings Sportsbook! And you can get the bonus whenever you want. Just just sign up. Don't forget. Enter not whatever you want when you sign up. Don't forget. Enter code quick. And you get your your bonus sign up bonus up to a thousand dollars only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be twenty one years or older to to play. New Jersey only bonus compromise first deposit bonus and a first bet match each up to five hundred dollars. Deposit bonus requires twenty five X playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for for details. Gambling problem call one hundred gambling. Back to the show. Hey, we're back with reoccurring guest Katie Baker of The Ringer. Katie, thanks so much for joining us once again. 
Hey guys, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, you wrote a wonderful article this week on, uh, Capo Caco defender himself, Larry David. Uh, what inspired you to sort of write that article? Well, as soon as we saw that, um, that the Jets were in like the preview of the next curb episode, actually before the season even started of curb, I had been thinking about how Larry David, I think he had just gone on the Michael K show, which he talked to them for like an hour, um, and gave a whole host of sports takes from, you know, one sport to the next. But I just started thinking about all the times that he's done that and, and not just in his shows, like we all know, you know, Seinfeld had an entire character of George Steinbrenner who was voiced by Larry David himself, but also in real life, like he's the person that kind of lives the dream that we all have, which is, you know, if we had cultural cachet and influence, like how would we use it to get the sports results we want? And and he, he tries to do it. He hasn't really been successful, but he tries. Yeah, I, I got to thank you for bringing the Jay Buhner clip back into my life. Uh, there was a solid, I don't know, four-month run in college where my roommate and I would just quote that entire clip to each other every day. And I'm not saying it was the best four months of my life, but it was up there. It was definitely up there. <laughs> it um, was an it was a important four months. Yeah, it, it really redefined who I am as a human being. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think this podcast happens without that Jay Buhner clip. Is re- is really what we come down to. Anyway. Um, what to you, what you, you went over so many Larry David sports takes in that column, which one to you was the most, I guess, Larry David in sense. Well, first of all, you mentioned that clip and I, um, that that's like my favorite one just because for a really long time. And actually a lot of this originates with the Edmonton Oilers, um, kind of blogosphere of like, at this point, it was probably like 10 years ago, but the the most beautiful art is like born out of misery, you know? So like the comment section in a random SB nation sports specific blog after another terrible loss is one of the most just readable and beautiful places that you can find. So I love that, that Jay Buhner clip that you mentioned, which for those who aren't immediately familiar, um, the character of George Steinbrenner visits the Costanza parents to tell them that uh, he thinks that their son George is dead. And the father uses it as an opportunity to like castigate him for a trade as if he's calling into sports radio. And that's just kind of what I love the most is like that sports radio energy. Um, you know, as, as some people know, I'm a enthusiast of, of sports radio dating way back. So I just love that kind of angry fan, like you bum, uh, kind of energy. And obviously that jives well with Larry David's entire persona. Before I get to the Capococco defense he threw out there, which I has endeared me to him greatly <laughs> as I, as I started the church for Capococco and he, uh, is just as angry as I am, which was incredible. Uh, what do you think about Mike Frazessa these days? He's been, uh, he's definitely, I feel like he's done a heel turn. Am I wrong in saying that? He, Let's just say, uh, you know, his new show involves, I think, his politics takes. Um, so that I'm just going to be interested in the longevity of that. I mean, who knows? I, I was actually <laughs> I was watching CNBC today because, um, you know, I just wanted to see what was going on, Big with, day for with Earth. how they were covering. Yeah, the market crash, you know, <laughs> and um, in my former life, I used to have CNBC on at work all day, every day. And I was just thinking about how there was so much 
Long Island, Mike Francesa era energy on that show. And like, you know, that that's something he watches all day, every day. And, um, anyway, I, you know, it's been weird to see the, you know, any sports fan is kind of familiar with the weird sports comeback, um, quasi retirement comeback. And we, we, now we've seen it from a, you know, from a, a talk radio host too. It's just really funny. Cause I follow Mike on Twitter I've been a fan most of my whole life. He got me into – he's part of the reason I'm doing sports broadcasting now, if you can call that right. this, that. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, I used to hear his takes on trades and everything. He's like, Biden's going to win it. And I was like, what is happening? What? Is what? what? Why it's I- funny because it's the exact same voice and, like, syntax as all the sports takes, but it's about, you know, the Democratic primary. Yeah. Like, what? He's like, Bernie's a bum. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> what? Mike is giving me my politic takes? I can't do this. Um, yeah. I know. And it's like, and it's like, I, you know, he's, you know, the, one of the most legendary eras of Francesco was the, the post hurricane Sandy, like, I mean, and he was like genuinely influential when he was kind of railing at the, um, you know, the electric authority or whatever it was. And, um, so, you know, I, I enjoy that, but it's also, um, it's almost like a, a larger, um, he, you know, he joined Twitter and it's like everyone that joins Twitter <laughs> sooner or later, you get exposed you, you to their, can't help yourself. your democratic primary takes. And so he's no different. That's hilarious. Um, I do appreciate Larry just coming on and screaming about Capo Caco. And I've, I've really enjoyed David Quinn this year and like what he's done with the team. But at that time he like didn't play Caco the night before, I believe. And just to hear Larry David scream Capo Caco on radio, and say like, give the let the kid play, let him do his thing. He's number two overall pick. Was just so uh, energizing for me because to watch a guy who really cares about sports and like really cares about the Rangers, like bring Rangers to sports radio, uh, that doesn't happen very often. I know Mike, like as we just mentioned, refused to talk Rangers like for ten years. <laughs> period. End of story. Nobody cares about hockey. Period. Uh, and to have uh, Larry bring Capo to the limelight is uh, a real a real bright spot in my life. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I was going back and reading like the Reddit thread from the the time that he went on the radio, um, and and people were like, so they were like, oh my gosh, like this is real, like Larry David, and it's not just some weird hockey. It's not like oh, I like Henrik Lundqvist. It's like this very specific, you know, only a fan would would know kind of take. And um, there were two things about it that were funny because they were so. Larry David-esque, which is like the first being that, of course, along with his take, he had kind of like a grander theory of like, you shouldn't bet, you know, don't you think the guy knows he took a bad penalty? You, know, <laughs> you shouldn't bench him because of that. He already knows. And like, I can just see that being some recurring thing in an episode. Like, he knows he took the penalty. Um, <laughs> and and then also the fact that Qu- I loved Quinn's response, which was to say, you know, oh, I laughed at it. But, you know, I think all coaches need to have a thick skin. And, um, you know, I've seen a few bad curves and Seinfelds in my day. And, and you know, you can kind of imagine Larry David responding like, so you're saying it was a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, I honestly, there there was a part of me, I think, not even, not even a part of me, just a part of like the Ranger fan culture that was just so excited that someone was talking about yes. the Rangers on a platform that existed outside of Twitter or the normal hockey voices circles we hear. So just learning that, like, I mean, sure. How many times has MSG put Jimmy Fallon up 
on the big screen whenever he's at a Ranger game. Like we get we get it. A famous person is at a Ranger game, but it's almost like when Margot Robbie and Larry David specifically do something about the Rangers these <laughs> days, the fan base unites around it, and it's just like stars they're just like us <laughs> yeah well he also larry also has like a uniquely like people want to hear his takes even if it's him telling a gm that he thinks he should draft someone differently the gm's like aha larry david i love it you know instead of like getting pissed um so he's really like you know he's really at a unique unique spot yeah, well I- katie i I think – oh, I'm cutting you off, Ryan. No, Maybe. after you, please. Uh, <laughs> I think the last time we brought you on, you had just written an article for The Ringer about Henrik Lundqvist and his – basically his legacy and how him saying he wanted to stay through the rebuild was so unique to New York specifically. And now we're bringing you on. It's been about, <laughs> I think, a year and a half since then. And – we're at this really complicated fork in the road with Henrik Lundqvist and what's going to happen with him with the New York Rangers. Have you experienced, have you seen anything quite like this specific scenario in New York sports? Well, um, it's funny. There's a lot of kind of elements of the Lundqvist situation that you can compare to, to other New York things. There's the, you know, fact that Eli Manning just retired, you know, and kind of has a a similar just, um, you know, I I think when all is said and done, I know that you guys talk a lot about the volatility and and fans' opinions of Henrik Lundqvist, but, like, you can kind of say the same about Eli Manning. Um, And when all is said and done, he's sort of a someone that, you know, is the the person that people look back on as, like, the great – whether or not they're great. Eli's a little different because he doesn't have that same consistency, but, but, you know, but also there's kind of like the David Wright um, timing that sinks up a little bit more. And, and the fact that, you know, you get close and don't, don't win the big one, which, you know, you can also, I think a lot about like Patrick Ewing in that sense. Um, so, but you know, the kind of hyper speed of going from, you know, going to be around for the rebuild for the long, you know, the semi long haul and, um, the situation that they're in now, um, I think it is familiar in terms of like the Eli Manning a little bit, just with how we began the season with him as the starter, you know. Did you ever expect or predict that this would be how Henrik Lundqvist, we don't know yet, but it's certainly looking like this might be the end of his Ranger career with Igor uh, coming back from the car accident recently and conti- continuing <laughs> to play. He played. He's played one time since January, I believe, or it might be two. But it's it's been really a limited Hank showing. Uh, and the time he did play, he led in five goals. And again, I, to remind everyone out there listening, uh, Georgia led in five goals the night before, so it's not exactly Hank's fault. Uh, he got lit up by a Flyers team. But is this how you predicted this, or did you ever see this coming? Yeah, I mean, like the all at one point, or I think at at this point, right? Like all three goalies have given up five goals in their last start, or something like yep, that. That's correct. Maybe we're a game or two past that, but um, yeah, I you know, it's kind of I didn't, I'm not surprised by it in the sense of it, nothing has been like a shocker. Um, it it maybe unfolded a little bit more quickly than I think people expected, you know, given how you know, how well it went 
Um, and yeah, I, I, all careers kind of, I, I guess, I guess my biggest, I guess what I expected is that his career would end by being traded to another team. Like kind of the, my hope was like the rape work situation, even though I struggled with that hope. Cause I also want him to retire a ranger. Um, so I, that's, but that's sort of where I saw things potentially going at one point. So I'm not surprised that it's been a little bit grim. Um, but it's, you know, it's not fun to watch and it's nice that at least he kind of got that ovation the other night. Um, even though it wasn't in like the most exciting of circumstances, no, it's like, hey, um, but it was okay. a little bit of a nice kind of acknowledgement of, you know, kind of once again, he's for, for, you know, faults not of his own. He's kind of in this strange situation. Katie, riddle me this one. I, and maybe you feel differently about this team in general than Ryan and I feel, but I, it, it feels pretty unanimous at this point. This has got to be one of the most fun Rangers teams we've encountered since maybe even dating back to the John Tortorella years. How do you balance this team being so fun on a nightly basis when we're not worried about who necessarily is starting in goal with the weird situation that's going on with the organization's greatest player of all time? Yeah. I mean, you know, in some way, like I totally agree. Like the, the comparison I keep making is that it just reminds me of the Mets. What was that? 2015 um, when they went to the world series and it was kind of a year, you know, going into it that was expected to be a little bit of a, you know, a, a run, you know, a treadmill of a year run in place. And then next year is the year that, you know, we really go for it. So everything just felt like house money. Um, but there was also like the Matt Harvey thing looming the whole time obviously a very different situation, but the, the fun aspect of it, um, I don't know. I, th- I think it's good. I I think it, the, you know, I c- compared it a little bit to Eli before, but like the giants had a taste of that when Daniel Jones came out of the gate, like just kind of crushing it. And it was really fun to watch at, at the same time. It was, you know, the writing was on the wall. Um, so it's hard. I mean, it was nice to see him, you know, it's nice to see him in the locker room, like, engaged and it's not like he's out there complaining publicly or anything like that. Um, but you know, I, I, I know from, from you guys that there's little weird things like, I mean, was the birthday thing ever resolved or like, what no. happened with that? No. <laughs> well, it, it, someone did the research and went back and apparently the Rangers Twitter account hasn't wished Henrik Lundqvist a happy <laughs> birthday since 2017. But okay, the fact okay. the fact that we're in a timeline. Hey, but that doesn't that coincide with like necessary? his? <laughs> as soon as they re- release the letter, and then they would stop wishing him happy birthday. It's they released- like Hank, oh. turned, Hank, Hank turned thirty five <laughs> and was like, "Guys, I think we're good on the birthdays." That's like, a good point, actually. This. As as someone who is a contemporary of Longquest, I I got you know I like that theory. <laughs> just just stop doing it. Only the big numbers. That's it. Even then, let's just cut it out. Um, <laughs> With with Hank, I mean, he even said to the the press recently that uh, this summer we're going to have to figure it out. If you uh, had to bet your life on it, is he a New York Ranger next year? Um, so I'm going to go with with like the the scenario that I'm sure won't actually happen, but like the perfect scenario of him. What is it? If he retires and goes and plays in Sweden with his yep, brother, yep. You know, it's it's perfect for everyone involved. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Um, so I guess the answer is no, oh, but, uh, he'll, he'll be playing for, uh, Rangers, what Rangers far Rangers East. Um, I don't know. I, I guess not. I mean, I don't really see 
I guess, I don't know. Some people think that they can just, they should, there's the whole Fine. 3D level chess of like carrying the three goalies and, um, the expansion draft and everything. But, um, I, I don't know. What, what, what's, what's the vibe on the podcast these days? The vibe I, for, I for, can't see a scenario where he's a Laranger next year. That's where yeah. I'm at now. Yeah. It's kind it, it, we've gone through the process of like, uh, acceptance, grief, denial. Uh, and, and through, <laughs> and, and through everything else and from everything that happened with Georgiev, um, yeah. Uh, this year and how, how much Jeff Gordon has kind of said, well, uh, we will only trade him for like an insane package, no matter what. Yeah. And the every, every single move they made with Igor has said he is the future of this franchise and no one else is. So it, uh, and Georgia is yeah. probably his backup going forward. So I, I have come to the conclusion it's, it's very hard for me to see Henrik Lundqvist on this team next year, unless the package is Georgia is traded at the draft. That's the only way. There's no other way. Right. For some, yeah. I guess that's like what the, almost like the Corey Schneider, like back in the day. Right. Exactly. It well, seems, before, it seems so very long ago because it was. <laughs> before we jump into the, the can of worms that is James Dolan, I, we haven't talked about this yet. So I'm going to bring it up here. Have you got the weirdest thing about the NHL to me is we'll have a hockey night in Canada seg- segment where the insiders are talking about whatever the hell they're talking about. And then, the end of the, the at the very end of the segment, Elliot Friedman just goes, "Oh, by the way, the Rangers extended Jeff Gordon." Like, what world do we live in? What professional sport where is like an "Oh, by the way" that a GM gets extended? I just don't I, understand. It's so it. funny you say that because I honestly like learned of that like a few hours ago while I was like reading a completely unrelated thing and it mentioned it. And I was like, "Wait, what?" Um, like, totally passed me. Yeah, I agree. Like, um. Obviously, people paying more attention that didn't pass them by in the same way. But it was I, – I remember thinking, like, wait, that kind of was a little, you know, slip-in of the information. It's, it's yeah. the GM of a New York-based sports team. That's like right. a back-page story for any other normal sport. We knew we knew what time Sandy Alderson wake, woke up in the morning when he was Mets GM. <laughs> it's just It just blew my mind that this league is just so weird. It is so I strange. Don't, I don't understand the insiders in this league. I don't get it. Um, we did bring you on to talk a little bit on, on this final topic about Mr. James Dolan, a, a good friend of ours, Jim. Jim and I, you know, we text all the time, <laughs> and, and uh, he's a big fan, of course. Uh, it's been a tale you're, of two. You're, you're up on the you're up on the rail at the JDM Straight Talk concerts. I will say, I, I made that fake NY uh, PR account to uh, <laughs> to retweet myself from the. Uh, kind of the Spike Lee incident, and they did report that account for impersonation, so good on MSG, so I'm, I'm aware they know about me. I am the guy that Pope costumes at games, so. Um, Jim, uh, he, he runs the team, the Knicks and the Rangers, in two different ways. Like, something that Greg and I talk about very often is that James Dolan is not only a great hockey owner, he might be legitimately a top five hockey owner, whereas the Knicks yep. are a garbage fire, and that's I think that's saying it really nicely. Sorry. Um how have you taken uh, the James Dolan uh, reigns for the Rangers? And have you listened to any Straight Shot albums? Because I have. <laughs> My favorite Straight Shot story to combine James Dolan and hockey is that he was, like, in the Rangers locker room making small talk with Matt Zuccarello and mentioned that he was playing in a music festival in Norway that summer. And... Zuccarello kind of politely was like, oh, I'll try to, you know, come check it out. And 
Dolan. And this is so classic Dolan because it's like, if, if someone else said it, I'd be telling this is like a really funny story. But instead, it's like this weird, Dolan was like, if you if you remember to come, I'll remember to pay you. <laughs> it's just oh like, buddy, literally read the, <laughs> read the room. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, honestly, like I've, the Knicks have gotten so bad that I'm, I've, I've become so like emotionally, you know, as a defense mechanism walled off that like I've, I've, I've circled all the way back around to almost like appreciating, um, Jim Dolan in, in like a sick and twisted way. Um, but part of what I find fascinating about him is that he is, a you know, kind of the, a best case scenario owner in the sense of he's willing to spend money. He wants to win. Um, you know, as a Mets fan, like if that first part is a big deal. Um, and it's actually like one of the more frustrating things when you have an owner who's stingy because it's just one, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda after another. Um, so I, that's like part of the inherent just like mystery that is the the human that is James Dolan. And it's funny, I was going back and looking at old things that I've written about him and I relearned a fact that I even said at the time in 2015, um, rattled me at the time that he has six sons. So, oh, no. just, you know, if, if, you, <laughs> if you thought the Bidens and the Trumps were bad, I mean, who, what are the Dolans even out there doing right now? I don't oh, know. Oh, no. As, as someone who knows way too much about Jeff Wilpon and his life and how his entire family hates him, apparently, I don't want to know any, I don't know, I don't want to meet any of the Dolan kids. I'm good. Like, my, my understanding of lineage and ownership families is taken up by the Wilpons. Uh, but, like, Katie, like, it's just, the thing that makes the Rangers and Knicks so just like opposites is the Rangers go out of their way to release the letter while they're still in the middle of a playoff push. Yeah. Almost like a counter cyclical. Yeah. Right. Like if the Rangers could have lied and said, Oh, we're two points, four points out of a playoff spot. We'll try and make this a playoff team, even though it's probably in our best interest to deconstruct. And it's not that it's not that Dolan doesn't understand the Knicks need to rebuild. It's just right. like the the Rangers send out the letter, and then we get a PR statement with the Knicks emblem on it, <laughs> proof that he shook hands with Spike Lee, and that Spike Lee went into what looked like an employee's only entrance. Like, I can't imagine a scenario where the Rangers would tweet something like that. The Rangers don't, as Ryan said, they don't even have a PR account because they don't need one. Yeah, I literally so took like, the account. <laughs> like... It's the same guy owning both these teams. I don't understand how that happens with the Knicks where we're getting candid camera photos of Spike Lee and the Rangers is just like the bastion of how you should operate a hockey team. There's there's like something very specific about basketball that like makes people think – I don't know. It makes people feel like they know what should be happening. And I think it's almost the opposite in hockey where um, – you know, you, you're almost like, ah, oh, this kind of crazy thing. I'll leave it to the, you know, Saskatchewan farmers who are talking about big boys, you know. <laughs> I don't know what it is, though. It's like all these – I mean, the whole problem with Dolan is it started out with him, you know, meddling. And I, if you go back with Isaiah Thomas, who was his friend, I guess, and, um, you know, that, that sort of whole aura then became, like, self-perpetuating, but it just – it keeps 
becoming self-perpetuating. Like these, they literally like escorted Charles Oakley out with security, you know, and um, the Spike Lee thing the other day. And it's comical. Like, it, it's just funny, like as someone who has gone to the garden and that, you know, that's the media entrance that Spike went through. Like it's, it's like a very kind of familiar entrance. Like the people that come in there are the same people that come in every day and they know the guards. And I just can, it's just so comical. Like, yeah, maybe they changed the policy that Spike is supposed to enter somewhere else. But if you think about most franchises, they recognize that, you know, you, you butter the bread of your big, rich influencer fans and you have like concierge departments that, you know, help them get in and out of the building, all this stuff. It's like you, you know, you call Spike's assistant and talk to them and figure out a solution. You don't just apprehend him and then have Dolan kind of like go over, you know, that, that same day at halftime. And, um, yeah, it's just funny. I, I, I try to imagine like what the equivalent would be with the Rangers, like of who they could like, Larry you David. know. <laughs> yeah exactly larry david it's like larry david and then like getting a weird feud with like you know mike richter I, like it's just really if you, um if you swap spike lee and larry david in the situation i have a whole other podcast to talk about because i think that would be gold content i could never stop talking about that for the rest of my life i mean it really like i know that it's like anything involving larry david is inherently a curved episode but i just have such a visual of him of entering in that wrong entrance and being like carried out like upside down and you know <laughs> screaming dolan or i don't know it's just jimmy but it but like i said it really is it really is um a tribute to the unmatchable legend of james dolan you know he's a very like may you live in interesting times curse of a person like he um he's the best of times and the worst of times all in one. It's like kind of fascinating because you wouldn't usually expect that to be the case. It's unbelievable. Greg will tell you right now as he's going to, that he wants the Dolan to buy the Mets. Yeah, I would. Because <laughs> I don't think, I think James totally. Dolan would look at the Mets and just be like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Here's $2 billion. Go win a championship. And I'd be thrilled. It'd be great. Uh, yeah. Howard, uh, what um, thoughts on Stevie Cohen? Uh, <laughs> Steve, if, he's got a lot of money. Those are my thoughts on Steve. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that like it, that that's still going to happen somehow, and that this is all just you know like when the when the cable companies are like we're not going to carry the Super Bowl, um, and then they always they always are. I don't well, know. Well, I I do have a big. Uh, I did have a theory that Steve was always angry that he wasn't getting SNY in the Mets deal. Yes. And I think the five-year control for the Wilpon shit, notwithstanding, because that so in itself should be a book. Uh, but I think Steve was trying to play his way, because I think SNY is on the table now that it's being opened up to everybody. And uh, yeah. the, the thing that made me love Steve Cohen was the quote in his release being like, yeah, we couldn't come to terms, but hey, as a 8% owner in the New York Mets, I'm excited for someone to overpay. And I was like, that guy gets it. <laughs> it it's like, I w I'm excited. I don't know who, who will write it. Someone will write it. Like the eventual like TikTok of that whole thing. Like when you think about the personalities involved between the Wilpons and Steve Cohen and I mean, what does he think? I don't know. Like they're Bernie Madoff collaborators slash victims and 
he's he's like a you know banned by the industry kind of inside trader who probably it's like who looks down on who you know all the egos involved i can only imagine but i will i will um, say if 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 anything good came from steve cohen possibly not buying the mets it was all of us learning about how much jeff wilpon is hated by his siblings and how they just (laughs) they don't want anything to do with the mets because jeff wants everything to do with the mets and in these couple <laughs> times as a Met fan, I needed that. I didn't realize how yeah. much I needed that, but I, I now know that my feelings toward a Wilpon are the same as other Wilpons. And it was like- Yeah, he's like that he's like that dentist um uh congressman from Arizona who's like, you know, six siblings all took out an ad against him. It, it's nice, you know, it's nice that it all just comes back to family drama sometimes. It's the best. Katie, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your night tonight. I uh, hope the kids are okay. And uh, <laughs> anything you want to plug before we get out of here? They're around here somewhere. Okay, they're running around. Oh, Katie, anything um, you want to plug? Oh, anything, anything else? Oh, no. Um, Readtheringer.com always for your sports and culture news. And listen to the Ringer.com podcast. Whoa, and, it's, it's um, the Spotify yeah, we're, acquisition. We're Congratulations. Yeah, Congratulations. yeah, I'm I'm now I'm now employed by the Swedes. Um so cool. yeah, please uh, thanks for having me on and it's always great to talk to you guys. We will talk next, to you soon. The oh. next time the next time Bill brings up James Dolan, I just need you to remind him that he also owns the Rangers and how great that is for Ranger fans. <laughs> That's all I ask. It it really is like just it's you know, it it's the true all villains need to have like some complexity to them and here we go. I know. That's the one thing that really kills me because I've been listening to Bill since 07. He's like, he's like Mike, he's literally my dad at this point. And every, every time he brings up James Dolan, he like craps on him forever. And I'm like, Bill, I know you don't care about hockey only when the Kings were good when you had season tickets, my man. But James, James kills it for the Rangers. You never mention it ever. All right. That's my rant. Sorry. That's about, about your boss. All right, Katie. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys. Bye. Have a good one. An amazing interview with Katie Bakes. Love having her on. Glad she could be here. Uh, let's do some five-star questions. If you want to leave a five-star question, you can go to iTunes. Search Blue Shirts Breakaway New York Rangers, and you can leave a five-star question, and we will read it on the show. That's simple as that. This first question is from Keegan from Indiana again. It feels like every game we see a different Rangers team every period. The first is always a bloodbath. It feels like in the second, it feels like we're defensively, we're short, we shore up defensively a little bit, and then in the third, we kind of play a complete game. Obviously, we need to, we need to give Quinn and the players credit for being able to adjust, but why do those adjustments take so long to fully set in? We can't win consistently when we're only playing 20 to 30 minute games. I think the, the answer to this is pretty simple, Gregory, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. We're the youngest team in the league. Like, yeah. there's still a lot to learn in this, this team. There are teams out there that are much older and much more experienced and still have this problem. So to, to be able to perform at this level and be this young, is a testament to Quinn and the players, like 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 Keegan said. Yeah, I think it, it when you when you really think about the New York Rangers, just on like an individual level here, I feel like we go into every game expecting Zibanejad and Buchnevich to put up points. We're expecting the power play to play well. We're expecting Panarin to do something magical, and then we're expecting Adam Fox to continue to be just a stalwart defensively. Everything else. I don't think you'd be hard-pressed to find a Ranger fan that had true, actual expectations for every other player that lines up for the New York Rangers. Like, on a given night, what are your expectations of Ryan Strome? Uh, I have no fucking idea. Limited. On a given night, what 
on a given night, what do you expect Jacob Truba to do? I don't even know who he's going to be playing with, so I don't know how you want me to have any kind of expectations for what to see out of Jacob Truba. Like, so many pieces on this Ranger roster are in a constant state of flux that it's impossible to expect them to replicate any performance on any given night, which is why you're going to see so much variance on a nightly basis. And it's, look, they're they're children. It's really that simple. The majority of this roster are children, and they're learning on the job, which is, again, why I'm still not angry that Capococco sees fourth-line time. I'm not mad about it either. I'm still not angry that Filipino isn't playing next to Artemi Panarin on a nightly basis. There are so many things, like, so many kids are learning on the job that it's just, it, it's it's both unfair and impossible to expect this team to be doing basically what the St. Louis Blues or Boston Bruins do on a night-in, night-out basis, which is, this is a veteran-led team. We know what to expect. Here's what we expect. Here's what the, here's what the, just the, the average line is. And we can judge their performance based on what is above or below that line. The New York Rangers don't even have an average line. We don't know what that line is for them. So it's it's really hard to be like, one, it's hard to pinpoint what ails this team because what ails this team is experience. And two, it's hard to come up with a remedy to fix that. So I think you're just going to have to ride the wave. Uh, I agree. Next question is from Alexander D. Spells it with a Y, no E. If Adam Fox is ready to quarterback this power play next season, does Tony D'Angelo have more value as a trade chip? Who leads this power play long term? It's probably Adam Fox. Um, but no, Tony's not going anywhere. I think it's very clear that the Rangers are going to give him a bag this summer. Like, there's no yeah. way. They're, they, they like him a lot. They like the way his game's developed, and he provides a lot of offense um, from that position. I, I I do think either Fox or Truba would be just more than adequate of being on the power play because truly the Rangers power play quarterback is Artemi Panarin. So it it almost doesn't matter who you put out defensively to play with Panarin. Um, But I do think it's becoming harder and harder to see trade scenarios involving Tony D'Angelo that doesn't leave the Rangers so naked defensively. Um, This is a team that with the exit of Brady Shea has created a hole on the left-hand side of D in the top four that desperately needs to be addressed because we can't go into a season where the Rangers' most productive left-handed defenseman is Ryan Lindgren. And I can't stress this enough. If you're expecting Keandre Miller, Lieber Hayek, or Igor Rykov to make a significant contribution to this team next season in a way that will help them be a playoff team, you're insane. Adam Fox is very clearly the exception, not the rule. Whereas it's more likely that if the Rangers ask Keandre Miller to, as a rookie to play defense for them, you're going to see a lot more of Capococco than you are of Adam Fox. It's that simple. And I think this team very clearly wants to be a playoff team next year. So if you're trading Tony D'Angelo to, I would assume, address the shortcomings the Rangers have in their top six at forward, uh, you're, you're now opening up two holes defensively that you have to fill all while understanding that Mark Stahl is something you're expecting to be an answer defensively. And I, I, I just – I don't think the Rangers financially can make up that much ground with what they have 
to do cap-wise this coming offseason. So I think the Rangers were in a position where they wanted to choose between Brady Shea and Tony D'Angelo. I think they made their choice. I think the Rangers are going to make some trades this offseason. I don't expect Tony D'Angelo to be involved in any of them. Uh, this next question is from The Average Kahuna. Five-star question, Mrs. Capope. Hey, guys, been listening for years now, and I have to be honest. This whole Ryan getting married thing seems to come totally out of nowhere. Even yeah, though because it is totally out of fucking even, nowhere. Even though I'm not a Patreon subscriber, I feel like I'm owed an explanation as to ha- who this woman is and how, he's, how she's suddenly first lady of the church of Kako. So f- my request is as such, a wife cast. This can, I'm in. I'll call up. I'll call up the girl from Brazil. This who may or may not have. This can wait till Greg finally marries Meg. Would be an electric <sighs> factory. Also, congratulations yeah. on the sex, Ryan. Yours truly, average Kahuna. How great! How great would it be if we just cold called Meg one day? Honestly, electric. <laughs> a total. An, an amazing five minute podcast. Hi, Meg. Um, you think it'd get five minutes? I I think I, I think, she, I I think, think we can keep up. her on the phone. If we she if, if she picks up, I think we can keep her on the phone for five minutes. Maybe it's a good Maybe. question. She's preg- she's pregnant, by the way. Not my kid. But Whoa! Congrats, yeah. Meg, on the sex. Yeah. Um, I, I talked to Diana about this, and she said maybe. <laughs> well, we, we're definitely doing momcast. Again. Momcast is happening for sure. My mother and is... you know, you know, you know that Mama Mead is going to have thoughts on this whole thing. Yes, my mom. So pe- the people are going to get some thoughts. My mom has been on Twitter recently, just doing hashtags that make no sense. So, I love it. Yeah, that's she's good. Hashtag good content. Um, this next question is from John's Laid. Okay, hey guys, love the show. On the sex. Yeah, go, a, lot, a lot of it. Go get get out there, John. Hey guys, love the show. With the games we saw from Hayek this season before he got injured, do you think he's part of the long term plans for the future? I know there's a lot of guy, a lot of other defensemen in the pipeline. Also, is it is it concerning that Kako can't hit the opening net open net versus St. Louis? Um, I'll, I'll talk about Kako first. I think Kako played really well in that game. It's probably one of his better games of the season. Just a little bit quicker on the shot. That's a possibility. I think he got robbed by Bennington a lot. Bennington played really well. I don't think there was ever, like, an open net for him. Maybe I'm missing that. Uh, I don't think there was, like, ever, like, a blatant open net. But I thought Bennington played su- supremely well against Kako and, and the entire New York Ranger team that night. Uh, he was uh, obviously a great goaltender, and I I think that was really the performance. Uh, as, as for Hayek, I don't know if he's a long-term part of this team. I think he might get traded this uh, this offseason in a package for something else. I think they might have seen enough. Maybe you'll see Hayek again next season as like a plug and play, but I'm not sure he's part of the hashtag long-term future. I don't know why I'm doing so many hashtags, but here we are. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. It He hasn't been establishing himself or separating himself from the conversation down in Hartford either, mm-hmm. which I think eh, let me put it this way. I don't think the Rangers are quitting on Lieber Hayek, but I think the Rangers are understanding that they can't be building for the future, expecting Lieber Hayek to play a significant role for them moving forward. Like maybe, maybe Lieber Hayek is a a sheltered minute, third pairing defender. Maybe he's a young, cheap option. You keep as a seventh defenseman where you're not feeling overwhelmed. If you have to play him for a longer stretch, but you prefer to ice six other defensemen before him. Uh, I, I think we're past the point of expecting Lieber Hayek to be 
a significant contributor to the New York Rangers. Now, this conversation can change. And you know how I know this conversation can change? Because it has before. Because, yeah, not not just ha- it has before, but it, the thoughts we had about Ryan Lindgren this time last year were probably exactly this. It, and I think even in, even in the summer, you and I were talking about how Ryan Lindgren is probably a seventh defenseman in the long run, especially if you're trying to be a playoff team. And Ryan Lindgren has done yeoman's work to change the narrative about his own career path this season alone. And Hayek, I don't believe, is older than Ryan Lindgren. So it's not impossible for Ryan Lindgren, for Lieber Hayek to all of a sudden reassert himself in this conversation. And if we want to take it one step further, this time last year, Tony D'Angelo was still getting healthy scratched because David Quinn was trying to get something out of his game that he didn't feel like he was getting on a nightly basis. So I, I, I think it's good to get out of the habit of saying this 21-year-old defensive prospect who through and through has been bad at this point when given the opportunities that it's completely done for him. Uh, but I would, you know, it's safe to say the cards are stacked against him. That doesn't mean it's impossible. Uh, it's, it's just, I think we do need to change our Lieber Hayek expectations. And I think we have. That's fair. Uh, this is questions from long live the King number 30. Hey guys, great job on the podcast. And I look forward to listening to you guys every Tuesday during my commute on the subway. My questions are as followed. How long do you think it is before the Rangers retire Lundqvist's number after he's done playing? My second question also follows, uh, involves Lundqvist. He's expressed so many times today his desire to stay in New York after retirement. Do you think the Rangers offer him a position within the organization? If so, what would that position be? Thanks again, and keep up the great work. Hashtag praise be. Uh, you want to go first on this one, Greg? Uh, years it, it'll take the Rangers to retire Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. I think it could be as soon as, you know, six months afterwards. I think they do it, it a be... year after. Like, not the – say, like, let's say he retires uh, next season and goes back to Sweden. I think 2022, something like that, they do it. Uh, I, I think the day he retires, the Rangers will announce that they plan on retiring his number. Of course, yeah. that it's That's obvious. I don't know when the ceremony will be, but I can't I, imagine I it will be, be the year I after. think it would be the same season, mm, okay. mostly. I don't think we'd have to wait very – the Rangers have been very good about um, – trying to correct previous mistakes when it comes to retired numbers. And especially with someone like John Davidson leading the organization now, I can't imagine John Davidson just sitting on that, you know, ticket sales bullet just for the sake of sitting on it. I, I think it would be pretty pretty quick that we'd, we'd see a Henrik Lundqvist jersey retirement ceremony. The only thing is I don't think he's retiring. So I, I think it, it depends on Hank. But I think the day Hank retires, the Rangers will be like, yeah, we're retiring number 30. As for a position, I believe he'll be director of fashion and good-looking men. Um, it, honestly, yeah, he I'm can not, do whatever yeah, he wants. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Hank, to me, doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to want to be involved in hockey once he's done with hockey. No, I think he's legitimately going to model and play guitar, and I'm not kidding. Like, I, I think that's that sounds like a joke, but it's not. Yeah, I think he's going to do whatever it is that makes Henrik Lundqvist happy off the ice. I, 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 I feel like some guys, you get a sense that, they're interested in like scouting and team building while they're there. And I think Henrik Lundqvist has a great appreciation for how a hockey team should be constructed. But I, I don't get the vibe from Hank that like he's dying to be a general manager or assistant general manager or a team president or anything like that. Uh, next question is from Nikki P one of our frequent commenters. Hey guys, two questions. Do you guys think the guy, uh, do you guys think the Rangers keep rough around next year so that Quinn has the, a playoff experience coach to him? 
I'm just farting. Sorry. I don't think so. Assuming that, <laughs> assuming they reach the playoffs next year for the first time in Quinn's career, uh, what's the next step or the rebuild aside from letting the young guys develop? Seems like the development of Heedle, Kako, and Kravstov will really determine how good this team could be. I agree, Nick. Uh, the, the ceilings of, of those three players really will tell you how good this team could be. The team's probably good enough to make a playoff run now, but they just need more depth. You can't just have Mika and Panarin out there every night and relying on them to score. As much as they do it, they do a great job. But they're going to need depth pieces around them, and those pieces could be superstars or or at least Tier 1, Tier 2 players in, in Hedo, Kako, and Kravtsov if that ever happens. As for Ruff, I don't think they keep Ruff around, but I've been surprised before. Um, I'm, I know All I know about Ruff is that some of the defensive players really like him. I don't know. I don't understand his system. I don't know what's going on. I, I find it hard to believe he'd still be here, but I don't think his playoff experience, it's not like Lindy Ruff has like, is Lindy Ruff like a, a veteran grizzly playoff coach? I don't think he's providing that with Quinn. I, I think they kept Lindy Ruff around because he was part of the old guard and he could mentor Quinn a little bit. And I think Quinn's maybe past that at this point. That's all hearsay or conjecture at this point, but that's how I feel. We're yet to, we're yet to see an example of the New York Rangers thinking that having Lindy Ruff on the coaching staff is an issue. That's true. We, we we haven't seen it. I, I have no reason to believe that the New York Rangers secretly view Lindy Ruff as a problem and that they're just waiting this one out. So I, I think until some other team hires Lindy Ruff away or Lindy Ruff makes it clear that he no longer wants to be part of the New York Rangers organization, I think he's going to be part of the New York Rangers organization. And I'm not saying he should be. I'm just saying it it is very clear – that the New York Rangers don't see a problem with what Lindy Ruff is doing. Um, now, as far as what do we think the next steps for the Rangers are, it, you mentioned the scoring depth, but it's it's just it's it's. I don't think the New York Rangers need to go out and sign like, say, I'm trying to think of an example of like a, like like Thomas Vanek. No, I. <laughs> uh, well, Vanek Vanek's interesting, but like. The Flyers are basically using James Van Riemsdyk on the third line, right? So, like, the New York Rangers need to make their third line better. But part of that is just understanding that they need to identify players better than Brett Howden. That kind of thing. Like, the Rangers need to raise their floor. Not Yes, they need to – they need young players to step up and, and evolve their games, take the next leap, which is what we're seeing Filipino do, which is what we hope to see – Kapokako do next year, which is what we hope to see Vitaly Kravtsov do in the next coming years. Like, that's important. But the other thing is, like, it's important for the New York Rangers that when they do lose a Chris Kreider, and it's not like any team can just sustain a loss to Chris Kreider. But when you lose a Chris Kreider, you're not all of a sudden relying on Phil DiGiuseppe and Brett Howden to get more minutes, right? Yep. Like, you need guys better than those guys on decent contracts in order to sustain that kind of injury. And some of that will come from their young players. Again, in theory, the Kakos and Kravtsovs, while they can be great in their own right, they should be good enough to fill a void for a couple weeks if a star player gets hurt. Um, that's what, To me, that's the next step for the New York Rangers, where you're not just playing young players for the sake of playing young players. It's that you're, your depth players, your bottom-of-the-floor players are decent enough where if someone goes down with an injury, you're not fucked. This next question is from John W. It's just five ghosts. Says, on a scale of one to five, how upset are you guys that the BSB OT dropped before tonight's game, a.k.a. the Miko five-goal game? A five-goal game for, uh, should forever be known as a scarf trick. 
Is it too late to vote Mika into the Democratic primaries? Um, yes, it's too late, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not going to uh, stick to sports. Hashtag stick to hockey sticks. Hey, man, I don't know. Tulsi Gabbard's still in the running. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who? Uh, uh, I, 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 I honestly, I'm, I'm happy we recorded before the five-goal game because I, I, I think and the, we do our best podcasting when things are bleak and troubling. Like when the New York Rangers are playing well. It's just you and me stroking each other's ego. We're just get, getting giddy. Minutes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And I would have liked to be excited, but I was at a tax office being miserable. You could have shoved forks in my eyes, and I would have had a better time. So uh, I kind of wish we did that, only because it, it would have replaced what I was doing. Uh, next question is from Matt Fields. You're going to like this one, I think, only because I read the oh, first four related, words. Related question. It's, hey, guys, all the way from Australia. What? Woo! Oh. Love, the oh. sh- love the show, love the content, and love the passion. I've been wanting to ask the question for a while now, or maybe, rather maybe it's an observation. When watching Mika Zibinijad either contesting or in position of the puck, his opponents never seem to be able to knock him down or push him away from the puck. I didn't notice this from many other players with a strength and balance around the puck. Is this something you guys have also noticed? He just seems like an absolute beast compared to most other players in the NHL. Thank you so much in advance for your response. Matt from Melbourne, Let's Go Rangers. Um, I have noticed this a little bit. One thing that really um, impresses me about Mika's game is his particular strides and his stance when he's skating. He just has, like, a more crouched over stance, which seems to keep him, like, a lower center of gravity to have more puck control. Again, not a hockey expert in that sense, like, of the nitty-gritty of, of what that is. But I have noticed this before. He he does have – the thing that makes Mika different than other players on the ice is he has the acceleration that other players don't have. And he could take somebody one-on-one to the net, and you've seen that a lot the past couple weeks, where he just has the puck on his stick, he can balance it and go through somebody and take the acceleration and go right in. Um, so that that's really I, – I have noticed it, and it is an impressive part of his game, but Mika's the entire package. He does everything well these days. He's legitimately a star. He's one of the most complete centers in the NHL, and I can't imagine someone thinking differently about him and his future with the New York Rangers. Um, there's nothing about Mika Zibanejad that doesn't impress me. And I would just like to thank the Ottawa Senators for giving us Mika Zibanejad and one half of Brendan Smith for Derek Broussard in the seventh round pick. Absolutely. Next question is for uh, it's Rangers Forever. Hey guys, love the pod. My buddy and I are on a big kick of, uh, get the big kick of, uh, kick out of the idea that DQ is the hockey equivalent of Terry Collins. Because he is right. And, and especially that Brendan Lemieux is Eric Campbell on skates. Because he is right. So the question is, what other comparisons could you make? I'll just like write this. What other comparisons okay. could you make between Mets and Rangers players, past or present? For example, uh, obviously Hank is the Grom because he's given team mo- multiple superstar years only for the team to fold in front of them. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Go ahead, Greg. Ooh, I don't. I don't think Hank is the Grom. Actually, I don't think the New York Mets have ever had a Jacob the Grom. I would. I mean, I. I don't think the New York Rangers. The, I don't think the New York Mets have ever had a Henrik Lundqvist. I should say, because as special as the Grom is. The longevity still isn't there, not on a Hank level. So to me, DeGrom is Artemi Panarin, and I think it's it's pretty clear where Artemi Panarin could put up points on a team that loses more than 60% of its games, and he's still somehow putting up these fucking points, and it's ridiculous. Uh, boy, this is this is a tough one. Um, I, I, whew, I'm trying to think of who Filipino would be. I, I could say – Filipino is Michael Conforto. Yes, I think that's very accurate. I think that, uh, 
I think Filipino can become Michael Conforto. I don't think he's Michael Conforto yet. He's he's on Michael Conforto path in my mind. Yes, I would agree with that. I'm trying to think of, I, I think, I don't know who uh, Tony. It's too hard to compare Tony D'Angelo to any human being, so I'm not going to. Yeah. Uh, but boy. The New York Rangers have never had a Pete Alonso, not in our lifetime. We can come back to this question next week. Why don't you take some time? We well, how, how about left. this? How about this? Why don't we do it as the BSBOT for this week? No. <laughs> Give me 20 minutes and I'll be able to do this. Just let me do this. For t- I'll be able to do it in 20 minutes. We'll do it in the back half of the B. If you want to hear, if you want to hear the rest of the segment, we're going to do the back half of the BSBOT this week. There we go. Fine. Fine. Um, that'll be. We'll, we'll, I'll do. I'll do it as. I'll. I'll make it Yankees too, so we can be all New York sports fans. We'll the, go the Brendan. That. Brendan Lemieux, Eric Campbell comparison is just the great because it, it does, we saw it again with the Devils. The Rangers had an extra skater on the ice, and it's fucking Brendan Lemieux. Why is Brendan Lemieux on the second power play unit too? I have so many Brendan Lemieux related questions. Like, does David Quinn just think Brendan Lemieux is a good offensive player? He's just like, he, he fall he fall out of love, he fell out of love rather with Brett Howden, and now it's Lemieux. I'd rather Brett Howden. I'd honestly rather Brett Howden. I think you're right. I think Brett Howden could actually score a goal. I don't know what Brendan, I I know what Brendan Lemieux does well. He's he's, he's He's just a piece of shit, and like he's great at it. <laughs> Jesus, but like, right. I don't think Brendan Lemieux does anything especially well on the ice. I don't. So the fact that he's the extra man when they pull the goalie, and the fact that he's on the second power play unit, it drives me bonkers. It really does. Two uh, two more questions. This one's from Jerg Six. Uh, what's up, guys? Huge Raider fan. Just moved from to, uh, from New York to Miami, so I'm seeing firsthand how the Panthers got worse than are the worst organization by the day. Do you think Gorton can violate Dale Talon uh, and, and for the following trade? Rangers get Sasha uh, Barkov and the Panthers get Strom. Strom's right, Howden, and one of our first rounders. And a low-end oh, low prospect, like a fifth or a seventh rounder, shot in the dark kind of guy. I mean, love to hear. Dale Talon is an idiot. I, my question is, if you live in Miami, how are you seeing anything from Sunrise? Those things aren't close together. That's true. Uh, maybe he's just uh, following the team more because uh, he's in the area. I, I've said I've said it before, and I'll, I'll say it again. The Jeff Gordon, we agree, is a very smart general manager who, by the way, got extended, question mark? Yeah. Um, what? Weird. We talked about it with Katie. It's yeah. just fucking weird. Shell. Strange. Um, yeah, it, Jeff has done so many things well, and the thing that just boggles my mind is, it's like Jeff only wants to trade with smart GMs because the trades he makes are with – like the only trade he's made with the dumb GM was when he traded Spooner to the Oilers and he got Ryan Strom out of it. Like Outside of that, like he hasn't made trades with overly stupid GMs, and they exist. We know they exist. One of them's in Florida. So if he could do anything, if, it, if he gets Huberdo, if he gets Barkov, if he gives uh, my boy – um, whose name I now can't remember. So I guess he's not my boy. Not your I boy actually, anymore. Let's go. Let's head to, let's head to the final lot, question. A lot, of, a lot of boys, a lot of hashtag boys down in Florida. So I many hashtags today. Love it. Um, this one's from Lindy's Rough. Not sure if you guys saw this, but during the second admission of the Devils game of the MSG 150, highlighted Leas is scoring a game-winning goal in a shootout. What are the chances he comes back to uh, New York or Hartford next season? I'm at 50-50 at this point. I know earlier in the season we said probably not. I think I'm a 50-50 situation. Who, who is it? I, I, sorry, I zoned out for a second trying to think to- of who the play. Panthers totally play. fine. Leas Anderson, is he coming back? Yes, no. What are the chances? Oh, no. no. Uh, he's not coming back. Okay. Uh, so for, his, for his sake, I don't think he should. Like, that. That's a, it's a hard thing Leas Anderson went through. Whether, whether you 
can relate to that on a mental level or emotional level or not. Like, I can't imagine. It's one thing. Kravtsov never wanted to leave New York, and he still wants to play for the Rangers. It's just he didn't feel like his time was being well spent in Hartford, and he tried to go back to the KHL. Leah Anderson didn't want to play for the New York Rangers anymore. So I, I think that's a very difficult thing to come back from. It's fair. All right, uh, that's been this show. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us. We love all of you, uh, our Patreon subscribers, uh, everybody, everyone who listens, everyone who leaves reviews, all of you. You can follow me on Twitter at OrionMead. You can follow Greg on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. And we're going to record a BSBOT like right now. It's going to come out Wednesday, probably. So love you guys and have a great week. Bye. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.